And we are live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Skip Happens. Skip Clark, the host of Skip Happens, along with Deb Lamphere, the president of the official country music fan club here in the Northeast. And, uh, of course, uh, I'm just going to do this intro really quick. We are so very excited. 13 studio albums, sold over 14 million albums, Country Music Associations, the CMA's Female Vocalist of the Year, I believe it was like four times, the Academy of Country Music's top female vocalist at least three times, 14-time Grammy Award nominee, and I'm working up a sweat just saying all that stuff. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there she is. It's Martina McBride. Hello, Hi. Martina. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here on Skip Happens tonight. And uh, so our fans here, and your fans here in Syracuse can and see you and hear what you're up to. And I know we've got a lot to, a lot to talk about in a short period of time. Um, first of all, before we dive into all of that, describe your surroundings. Whereabouts are you? So I am out on my back porch. Okay. It's a little warm tonight, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's, the evenings cool down. It's really beautiful here in Nashville in the, in the evening time. Very cool. Very cool. If I remember correctly, we are at a country radio seminar and you hosted what they called Martinis with Martina. Right. And and that was just one heck of an event. And I remember hanging out by the pool and that yep. was pretty cool. Yeah, it's well, it looks exactly the same. So it's <laughs> still in the same house. That's good. And if, if I'm not mistaken, there was a pool next door uh, in the shape of a guitar. Am I correct? There is. Yes. Was that Webb Pierce or no? Um, I think it was Webb Pierce's old house. Yeah, I believe it was because yeah. there was some talk about that that pool and uh, and some talk about Webb Pierce. So let's yeah. get right to it. Martina McBride um, here again. So excited to have you uh, back in early May. We saw you on Songland. And uh, this has given you a great opportunity, not just to, to kind of to release something uh, up to date, something new, which is very, very cool. And uh, can you tell us about that whole process? Yeah, well, Songland, um, for those of you who don't know, it's a song that's really about songwriting and about songwriters. And so the process is uh, this happened right before um, quarantine or isolation or whatever we're calling it. And uh, I, I went out, flew out to L.A. Mm hmm. And I, there's a panel of three mentors uh, who are producers and, um, and musicians and songwriters. And so me, along with them, we listened to four songs. So four songwriters came out and sang their songs for us. And after each performance, we would kind of, ha honestly, just, it was like a songwriting session on the fly. Mm -hmm. So we would talk about you know, maybe ways to make the song tailor made more for me as an artist or what changes that we would make to make it a better song. Mm -hmm. And then I came and then I picked three of the four and then I came home and then for six days they go in the studio and they re take some of our ideas and rewrite it and, and reproduce it. And then I fly back out there <laughs> and I listen to the three songs and then I choose one. And, um, I was immediately drawn to the song girls like me and, um, just you know it was the, the main thing that we needed to do with the song was to just tailor it a little bit so it had Haley the girl that wrote the song mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. 22 23 maybe and so really just wanted to make it feel like it was coming from a perspective of somebody who has, has lived some life and and can really just say I've been there too you know I've been there um I used to be that girl 
we all have our insecurities and we have our, we make mistakes and we have heartbreak and we all really, you know, can, that's how I connected to the song. Mm -hmm. We were able to really tailor it to where I feel like, you know, it's a song that I'm really proud to put out. I think it's a great message for everybody to hear. And um, yeah, that's how it came about. Uh, one thing that's great about Songland is you actually have your end result at the end of that show, which right. is awesome. We're not sitting there waiting three, four, five weeks to see who the winner is, what the song is, and then waiting for it to be produced. That's one of my favorite aspects of that show. Yeah, the song really comes out the night right after the show is is, is finished airing. I love that show because I also feel like um, it's such a positive show, you know, <laughs> the, the mentors are, I don't know if that's what they call, what they call them, mentors, but the, 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 um, they're not judges either. They're right. Yeah, the producers and the songwriters are there to really mentor and, and care for this young songwriting talent and give them all this great advice. And, and, you know, anytime you get to sit in a room as a, as a young songwriter with, um, those three, you know, Shane McAnally, Esther Dean, and Ryan Tedder. It's like, that's a- We're the best. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, um, the other great aspect of this is there's, you probably have songwriters who are well-established pitching you music all the time and to take the time to help a newbie basically on the streets and any, any of those artists, uh, songwriters that come on, I know there's one winner in the end, but any of those to give them the time, the energy, and, and the nurturing that they need to move forward will carry them forward for years probably to come and, and give them some very valuable education right there. It's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for the songwriters. It's a great mm -hmm. opportunity as an artist to be able to get introduced to some new talent um, and like you said, come out of that show with a brand new song. That is awesome. And yeah. uh, we've both listened to the song over and over again. And it's like, this has got hit written all over it. And it's written by, like say, a newbie mm -hmm. song by a well-established artist. And it's just, to me, it's a great combination. It's a great sound to have on the radio. And it's a good anthem for, for women. And I'm sure mm -hmm. it, maybe it helped when you, when you picked that song or you picked the, the songwriter and you you pick that song i'm sure you being a woman you probably could relate to a lot of what was in that song which helped you express it even more is that yeah correct? absolutely i mean i could relate to it also i have three daughters who are mm -hmm. 25 22 and 15. oh my so, lord already yeah i know <laughs> time flies <laughs> but yeah so i could really you know i wanted to sing that from the perspective of someone who is who is sharing um, a sentiment that, you know, I've been there, it's going to be okay. We all, we all make mistakes. We all have things that we go through. But um, so I, it was kind of like I was singing it to them as well. Awesome. How does it feel being Martina? And let's, let's just be honest. It, it's been a while since, I mean, we hear your music all the time. It'll always be there. And it's like, wow, that's Martina. But now you're going to have a song on the radio that is fresh, up to date, powerful. I mean, how do you feel? I feel great. I feel really grateful um, that I got to have that that experience mm -hmm. and that I get to have this song. And and now I can't wait till I can sing it on stage in front of an audience. You know, that's going to be the real yeah. the yeah. real um, <laughs> payoff is to to look out in the audience and see all the fans singing along. 
Well, we're looking forward to that. And I know yeah. you're going to hear it here in Syracuse on the Wolf, like 92.1 The Wolf here rather quickly. So we're very excited about getting it on the air. But if we can, let's talk about Martina just a little bit. Let's go back to the days. Um, I might have bought a Garth Brooks T-shirt off of you. <laughs> That's I, I'm thinking I was telling Deb somewhere. going, you know, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder. But no, that, I mean, that was like in the early days. And, and now and then you met John and things just kind of took off. Mm -hmm. I met John and I met in Kansas. Actually, we're both from Kansas. He's from a, a actual city called mm -hmm. Wichita. And I'm from this little <laughs> tiny farm community um, in South Central Kansas. So we met in Wichita and got married there and then and then moved to Nashville. Gotcha. And, you know, with dreams of becoming a recording artist. And he had has had a concert sound company at the time. Um, right. And so he moved that company as well and got went out and did was able to do a sound for Garth Brooks um, and struck up a friendship and and ended up being Garth's production manager for the next, oh gosh, I don't know, long time. Oh, wow. I didn't know and that. So, That's cool. Yeah. And so he was on the road with Garth and I was in Nashville wait, waiting tables and singing demos and I didn't know anybody. We didn't know anybody when we moved here. And so I said, can I, can I, is there a job that I can do on the road? Can I come out and do some work on the road so that we can be together? Cause we would only, we'd only been married about a year and a half. And um, so he asked the, the merch salesman if, if I could come sell t-shirts for Garth, for Garth. So I did and um, ended up be, getting my record deal with RCA records. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 77 shows for Garth the next year. Wow. I'm a brand new artist. So it was really cool. Very neat. How did you, how did he actually get to hear your voice? give you that opportunity well um i had started making my record and he, um we were talking one evening actually he asked us to come over to his house and give us advice on the music business mm -hmm. so i was like sure i'll take advice from Garth the music business <laughs> so we went over there and he just asked what i'd been working on and i told i sang a little bit of a song to him and um then he asked me to he said well you know in typical Garth fashion, he was like, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to open my shows next year. So it was really a leap of faith, you know, because he he hadn't seen me on stage. He hadn't heard any of the music. Um, so he really took a big chance that, that I was even able to perform or relate to an audience or anything. So it was great. You definitely had your opportunity to travel with your husband at that point. I did, yes. <laughs> that helps. That helps. It makes the uh, the bond even stronger. So yeah. that's cool. Tell, um, how did you get such a powerful voice? When I hear you sing a broken wing, I just, I have, as a matter of fact, know. I was playing it over yeah. and over earlier today. It's just one of my favorite songs. You are so powerful and so flawless. With that. I mean, oh. do you have voice training or, or what? Thank you for saying that. First of all, um, no, I didn't really have voice training because, like I said, where I grew up, it was so rural and small. We didn't have voice teachers. I did take piano lessons, but we didn't have any such thing as voice teachers. So I just learned by singing with records. And I would I was obsessed with it and would come home from school every day and put on my Linda Ronstadt records and my Pat Benatar records and, and my Reba records and Loretta Lynn and whoever, you know, I was into at the time and just try to mostly Linda Ronstadt, just try to sing like that. You know? And and it was really just singing along with the radio and those records that, that uh, I guess, kind of shaped who I am. As right. A right, exactly. Yeah. 
I tried that. It didn't really work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I stuck to radio. That's how that worked for me. But uh, that's interesting. And uh, you've just got a long list of big hits, one after another after another. Is there a favorite that you, you like to perform out of all those songs or one that you'll definitely do at almost every show, if not every show? Is there one of those? Well, I mean, we always obviously do Independence Day. and Right. Um, I really love performing this one's for the girls, to be honest. It's mm-hmm. so fun and upbeat, and it just takes the show up a notch, and uh, and everybody, you know, starts singing along. And I, I always say that every show that I do, I use, I look out and I see this one big burly, like the manliest man you can imagine, just singing <laughs> "This Is for the Girls" at the top of his lungs. I'm like, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring him up on stage. That's what yeah, you need. That's- see what happens. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and all his buddies would tease him, believe me. But yeah, no, that's very powerful. You set the example for other women, other women in the industry, who you are, what you sing about. You're setting that example. And, you know, women look up to you, which is very, very cool. I was going to say uh, a lot of your songs gravitate towards that with giving women confidence and giving them strength to move on and letting them know everything is going to be okay. And we have that side. And then we have your other songs where you're talking about in my daughter's eyes and your little girls are looking up to you and you could never do any wrong. And then a teenagers, you have your teenagers and you're like, Oh my God, they're, you know, they don't even want anything to do with me at this point. You are from such a perspective (laughs) of of motherhood and parenthood and love and yet strength and confidence every one of your songs has such meaning to it. So, so when you go to pick a song and you're looking at songs, does that really come to heart? Do you look for those things that can portray and relay a really strong message? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I go into it with any that specifically in my head, that thought, but I do, I am drawn to certain songs, you know, that do have, um, something to say and I, I I was it's funny when you were talking about you know in my daughter's eyes from from the time they were babies to then teenage daughters to beyond um, that's when you were saying that I was thinking how grateful I am to have had a career that literally spans you know so that's much part of real life of real life so that's such a cool thing and I and I've certainly don't take that for granted but yeah, I think when I find when I look for songs, I feel like it's just kind of an instantaneous reaction. You know, I've never re- I don't think that I've ever really recorded too many songs that took me a while to warm up to them, you know. So it's like I hear there's something about it that I relate to or um, a melody that I just or it's just something that inspires me to want to sing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feeling as soon as you hear yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Got- are there any um, cover songs that you like to do, to do, maybe like Pat Benatar or anything like that? Do you? Yep. Oh, there was one. What was the Crossroads and a Broken Wing? You sang it with, um, oh. Um, Pat Monahan from True. Yeah, yes, yeah. I had a brain fart. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's amazing. And he sang it in my key, which is crazy. We that was. For that. I, I, I watched it and I had goosebumps. And I watched it again. And I had more goosebumps. <laughs> it's one of those. Like it goes back to me always, always telling you that's like my favorite song. But when I saw that, and I saw it on CMT Crossroads, I just I was blown away, totally blown away. So yeah, he's 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 an amazing singer, and um, we actually ended up right after that. We I did a version of their song "Marry Me," which mm-hmm. we put on mm-hmm. an album, and he came and sang it with me in the studio. So um, 
it was, wow. you know, it's so fun to have those kind of experiences where you get to meet artists and, and work together. And then it, it, it leads to um, a friendship. And, and that's just such a great, one of the great things about having a career like this is, you know, like, and you get to meet your heroes too, you know, so <laughs> pretty cool. You just uh, figure, Hey, I'd like to record a song with so-and-so. And then you make, you know, you move that, you make that pitch or do they, you. <laughs> most of the song, most of the duets that I've done have been asks from mm-hmm. other artists mm-hmm. and I, I, and you know, so many amazing duets like Jimmy Buffett, Alan Jackson, um, George Strait. Well, we did a live thing together. Um, yep. Anne Murray. I'm forgetting so many, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, it's always such a, such a Ray Price, actually, that was a really big one for me too. Um, it's such an honor to be asked, you know, because it's these—it's their music, it's their body, mm-hmm. part of their body of work that they leave behind. So the fact that they think of you and and want to want you to be a part of that is really cool. Let's. Um, can I ask about Martina as a mom? Man, the girls have grown up so quick. How do they accept? I mean, their mom is Martina McBride. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does how does all that play out? Is it is it tough? Is it easy? How do the girls accept that? It's it's amazing. Are they into music? Are they do? Are they following your footsteps or? No, they're not into performing music. Um, okay, but you know, to them, it's interesting. I think, I think, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they don't think of me as Martina McBride. You know, they just think mm-hmm. of me as mom. And and but I but I do. Having said that, there is there is a cool. You know, they do have an appreciation for what I do and they do like my music, which is great. <laughs> and um, every once in a while, they'll send me little videos of them singing it in the car or something. Oh, wow. Cool. So um, it's nice now that they're older, you know, they understand more what, what I do and what I've done with my career. And um, but but it's just not something that's really talked about a lot. You know, it's right. it's. It's just our it's life. A way of life. That's, it's everyday life. It's everyday life. It's, it's everyday life. So being in the industry that you're in, how hard was it to bring up a family and not have them in the spotlight wherever you were? Um, well, you did a very good job with that. I. That's why I'm asking. Well, thank you. I, I, I mean, I did, you know, show glimpses of them as they were growing up because it just, our, our life, I didn't have motherhood and then a career. It was all just kind of always one thing. And they came with me on the road when they were little. And um, so, and, and, and as I got older, we just started touring in the summer when school started. But um, I always try to be protective of their privacy. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's also you want them to be safe. Um, sure. But I'll never forget my oldest daughter. One of the biggest lessons and earliest lessons for me about that was she was probably seven years old or six, six years old, maybe. And I was talking to a, a journalist about, I think it was about an outfit that I was wearing to the CMA Awards or something on the red carpet. And, and I mentioned Delaney's thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she thought my dress was too short or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 they printed it in the local paper in the, ten, in this, uh, the Tennessee and here in Nashville. Sure. Somehow, uh, maybe I don't know if she saw it or somebody mentioned it to her, maybe one of her friends at school. Anyway, she said to me, you know, mom, those were my words for, just for you. Like th- that, w- those are my thoughts and they were meant to only be told to you. And I was like, Oh shoot. I have to, I have to really think about that. You know, yeah. Yeah. And she I was just sharing up? 
I was just sharing something my kid said that was cute, you know, but right. you have to, I started thinking about, um, that a little bit more after that. That's amazing. She recognized that at such a young age. Yeah. Well, my girls are pretty special. I will say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they should be. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but this whole thing, I mean, Martina McBride being on the red carpet, you said you took the kids with you uh, quite often. Um, and I've seen them in the videos, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I think your, your girls were in the some of the videos. Uh, it's just amazing what you've done. I mean, what Deb said, being a mom and being able to just keep all that in control and also respect their privacy to a certain extent, uh, that's that's to be noticed. And that, you know, as, a, as an artist of your caliber here again, to be able to do that and, and to know how to do that. And, you know, with the media and everything, the way that some of these people are, I mean, you've handled that very very well. Plus, you got John there behind the uh, audio board. So if somebody yeah. needs something, and yeah, that I know for a fact. So yeah, I mean, I think the fact that we, uh, well, I always say John's my secret weapon. You know, he's mm -hmm. <laughs> his. The fact that he's my sound engineer live is a great thing, but you know, the fact that we were to work together and travel together, um, I think. It, it was good for us. It was good for the kids. We were always together um, and really didn't have, you know, people say like, how, how do you, how'd you decide to take your kids on the road? And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm the mommy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, have to, I, I, I wanted to be with them. And secondly, you know, the fact that we traveled together, there wasn't a lot of choice. Um, and, and I had him there as, as a partner, as a helper, you know, as well. So I wasn't doing it all on my own. I definitely had fact that we were together helped a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Having the whole family together. Yeah. It's got to be pretty awesome. Hey, uh, so uh, this quarantine thing, mm -hmm. and especially now Tennessee is kind of taking a step backwards <sighs> a little bit from what we're reading here in New York anyways. Uh, how have you handled all that? Have you been able to work on some things maybe you didn't have time to do before? Have you been more creative maybe around the house? Um, well, my garage is cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> my so closet is cleaner. There you go. So there are a couple of projects that I tackled. Um, I'm a little bit of a homebody and sort of an introvert. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I wasn't that challenged by the staying home thing. Um, however, the novelty has worn off of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I did stay sane by cooking. So that was my, I love to cook. And so I was like, you know, making, like planning out what, what I was going to make for my family. Right doing all of that was my, my focus every day, pretty much. Um, and now I've kind of a little bit burnt out on that as well. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's starting to get more and more challenging. I think the yeah. that we yeah. all go through this, you know, can I touch base on the uh, cooking part for a second? Sure. First of all, I don't know how you can cook so much and stay so thin because that just would not work <laughs> well, for me. Notice I'm only shooting from here up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about your cookbooks? Because I understand you just put out your sophomore. Books? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have two cookbooks. One is called um, Around the Table. It's a, mm -hmm. more of a book about um, different uh, parties, you know, like you can throw or ways to entertain, has some entertaining tips and all of that stuff. And then uh, my second book is called Martina's Kitchen Mix. And it's really just full of recipes that I feed my family and my friends. And uh, I've always had a passion for cooking. We have the cicadas out, if you guys can hear that. Yeah, no, I can hear them. Oh, wow. <laughs> they are loud. They're so loud. And we have frogs that come out. Hopefully not before we finish this because there's <laughs> they're loud. If you disappear in a hurry, we know we'll that know something, yeah, either the yeah. uh, um, came or the, you got a big frog there. So. Yeah. 
but no, I love to cook. And, and, you know, all through the years, people would say, you should write a cookbook. You should write a cookbook. And I was like, I'm never going to write a cookbook. I'm a singer. But <laughs> then I got the opportunity to write a cookbook and now I'm kind of hooked on it. I'm really actually working on number three. So, I was going to um, say, now's a good time for number three. It's fun because, you know, it's about sharing. It's, it's, it's another yeah. way to share and it's another way to be creative. And I get to write the books and I get to, you know, come up with the recipes, test them all out. It's quite a process actually, but it's, it's, it's definitely fun. Are those cookbooks available? Like if people go to Amazon or do you yeah. have a website or yeah, just... they're available? I've got some autographed ones on my website. Martina. Very cool. All right. And, we'll send um, them there. Then. Yeah. Amazon anywhere, you know, you can order them online. Sure. What is the website, Martina? What's your website? It's really hard to remember. It's called TinaMcBride.com. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember that. He's no such idea. a guy. Yeah. No, no, He's no. He's such a guy. Yeah. It's special. TinaMcBride.com. It's like, you know, everything's trying to keep everything simple. Yeah. And what is John's favorite meal that you make? He likes tacos. He likes when I make. Simple. Yeah, I know. And I, I I try to get fancy with the tacos. I make the grilled chicken tacos. I make oh my. tacos. And he's like, can we just have ground beef tacos, please? Really? <laughs> no, I got. I have to ask you. I mean, do you go into town and do your own shopping? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Now, not so much now, you know. Yeah. No, no, now. I understand that. that but uh, here again, you know, just. You throw a baseball cap on or something and some glasses and you go to the grocery store or. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so weird. I don't think about it too much. Like I don't think sure. I've even like putting, I mean, I, part of it is too that we're in Nashville and I think sure. people are used to seeing people. And so there, nobody makes that big a deal about it, but yeah, it just feels like it feels normal to me to go to the grocery mm -hmm. store. I love, I really love grocery shopping. I was, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, a normal person <laughs> i was going to say out I in nashville uh, the artists there are treated as normal people which is great because we've been out and about there many times seeing many artists and no one even you know there might be a wave here and there but you know that's your time that's your your home life and, and your every day so really why it's it's very it's great that you're all respected like that out there it really is at one one point we had rumors that the paparazzi were going to come here and we were all freaked out <laughs> like, oh, yeah i don't blame you please don't let it happen so so luckily that didn't happen so we're still we're still safe so so not only did you have the cookbooks but you have a podcast as well i do have a podcast it's called vocal point it's on luminary um which is an app that uh, has exclusive content for mm -hmm. um, and no commercials. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Yes. So I got to, you know, I got to talk with uh, so many cool people. Like I didn't know if I wanted to do a, a podcast at first. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I thought, why not? Let's see what happens. You know? So I got to talk with, with like, Will Garth was one of my guests. Mm -hmm. um, like Shelton, uh, Brenda Lee. Oh yeah. I love her. Loretta Lynn, uh, Roseanne Cash, Lucas Nelson, I mean, the uh, Kix Brooks, uh, Sarah Evans, the list kind of went on and on. And it was like, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed doing it. We're done with the first season, but uh, we're going to pick it back up, you know, slowly as this stuff shakes out. But um, I really did enjoy it because I got to talk to people that I've only maybe some people that I only have maybe seen backstage at an award show, or maybe I had never really had a conversation with them. And so to get to sit down and dig a little deeper, I talked to Vince Gill and Amy Grant. Oh yeah. It was really, it was really cool. And, and with no agenda. So I think 
that they're really candid conversations because their guard is down a little bit because I'm not a journalist. They're also not promoting a specific um, project. So it's right, like, right, what, what, right. whatever they want to talk about. Um, Amy Lou Harris was another one that was a thrill. So, yeah, it's fun. You know, that's why we like doing what we're doing, not only with, you know, the country music fan club thing and the radio thing, but, uh, you know, we do let our guard down a little bit. And so do you as an artist. And we're just talking one on one like we've known each other for for years, even though, you know, that the truth is it doesn't happen that often. But uh, I think but the I've had a martini at my house and hung out by my pool. I did. Yeah. Yes, I had martinis at your house. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember hanging out by the pool going, this is nice. <laughs> bring my suit though and uh, i'm trying to think what else yeah he had really cool whoa you had some hors d'oeuvres um anyways and i know you had to cater to the record label did that but still to put all those crazy radio people in your house what <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun what was the cleanup like <laughs> Just... no i tell you something i love um i love cleaning up after a party i haven't given a party in a long time obviously but when i do i i love everything about it i love the planning of it is my favorite part probably and then um i really love the cleaning up and i usually leave a lot of it until the next day mm -hmm. because as i'm cleaning up the next morning i'm remembering the night and how, what a good time everybody had yeah. and how warm and you know special it was to have people in my house so i'm i'm good with the cleanup very cool i don't know how you have time for all these these uh, adventures. She's a here. wonderful woman, I'll tell you. She's like Wonder Woman. You she goes and goes and goes. Well, there's still one more thing I read about that you are doing. You have a charity, uh, charitable initiative that you're doing, where your fans are helping you uh, make this world a better place in yeah. different ways. So I would love for you to tell our viewers about that. I would love to tell you about it. It's called Team Music Is Love, and it started out as a fan initiated. Uh, actually, what happened was. Um, some fans called me or got a hold of me through management and asked if they could wear a t-shirt for a breast cancer walk that said team Martina. And I was like, sure. So since then it just started growing and growing very grassroots, very volunteer based stuff that we do. Um, it's not specific. I mean, we've focused a lot recently on food distribution, but, um, we've, we've built a, we started a school program for a, a um, girls uh, um, it's called um, Covenant House in Guatemala we um, we gave money for a breast cancer research grant we built a playground um, an inner city playground we and we've done a lot of food uh, distribution and and volunteered in food kitchens and things like that so there's just like we look around and see what the need is we also do stuff on tour in the cities where we play some sometimes try to do that and so that's a good way to give back to the community. And uh, about a couple of years ago, I decided it needed a better name than Team Martina. <laughs> so we named it Team Music is Love. And there's information okay. about it on our website. And um, if you want to, you know, learn more about how you can help, that's a great way to find out about it. You can go to martinamcbride.com. And find yeah. it. Yeah. See, I remember. Actually, uh, well, we've been following your music since your career launched and way back when the days of uh, fanfare, uh -huh. so, uh, you had uh, always been a part of the um, YWCA fundraiser. Right. They were, you were um, auctioning off the signed plaques mm -hmm. with the artists and so forth. And we definitely donated 
quite the bit back in the day that you were you were offering those things, but you've always been so involved in the community and wanting to help people and wanting to help make things better for especially women. Especially, I think, yeah. You know what? I'm going to move inside because I've got two percent on my. Uh oh. Um, All right. Well, we're about thirty minutes in anyway. We don't want to take up much more of your time. Okay. But, uh, I don't want to um, get cut off in the middle of. All right. Yeah. No, I think part of that comes from growing up in in a small town very community based everybody always mm -hmm. helped each other out and um so that's probably a lot of where where that kind of thinking comes from sorry let me find my oh did you get plugged in <laughs> <I'm trying. laughs> I, it's dark and i don't have my glasses too okay now i'm gonna go turn the light on right all right well this is a great conversation tonight and we're gonna wrap it up here in just a moment or two mm -hmm. but martina has been so nice to give us about 30 minutes of her time mm -hmm. to uh, tell us where she is in her career we talked about songland it was early may uh if i'm not mistaken that was all filmed all done before this quarantine thing set in so she was able to travel and and be with other people shane mcanally and others and which was just huge and now she's got the new single coming out which is being uh released to radio real soon uh, I know I already have it on my desk. So does that mean there's an album to follow up after that? You know, I would love to do another album. Of course, it, it's. I, I, I will tell you that recording this song was a little challenging because I brought it home um, and I decided that I wanted Nathan Chapman to produce it, who I worked with mm -hmm. last album. And um, so I went to his house, I played it for him, and and probably two or three days later, the whole safer at home thing happened. So. <sighs> We couldn't get musicians together to make a record. Luckily, he's a brilliant musician and, and singer and, mm -hmm. producer, and he has a home studio. So he was able to play all of the instruments except for the drums. We hired, we, we, uh, we hired a drummer that did it from his home, but we did it all remotely. And uh, I was able to, I, my husband and I own Blackbird Studio, right. which is right down the street from us. It's a commercial studio, but it was closed at the time. And... Um, because of COVID. And so I was able to go down there and basically be isolated because there was nobody there except my engineer. And we um, recorded the record that way. So um, the producer and I were never in the same room at the same time after we got home from LA and talked about recording the song. So that was a little challenging. And then we did a video for the song as well in total isolation. The crew was six feet apart and they had masks. <laughs> and it was like it was crazy because you know you think usually at a video shoot there's like all this excitement and there's crap mm -hmm. there's like snacks and there's hair and makeup people and there's music playing and everybody's adjusting you know it's just like this great energy and and it was really early on of the covid so everybody was really nervous and careful and um it was just a little bit of a weird vibe but as i look at the video now I think if you didn't know that, that you would oh. not pick up on it. And that's just a testament to the crew and the director. Exactly. Ex exactly going to say that from our end, you would never know. Oh, good. You know, Martina, again, thank you for taking the time to join us tonight. We don't want to keep you any longer. I know your time is very precious and uh, just for you to, you know, to come and talk to us means an awful lot. And uh, to our friends, our, our viewers, um, our listeners, the new song is coming out. It's the song from Songland. If you haven't watched it, go to YouTube and watch the whole episode. Mm -hmm. You can watch all that. So uh, I do want to thank you. Thank you for spending some time with us here tonight. You're beautiful. You're 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 doing it. You're you're right back, right back where you started, which is the best thing that could ever happen. Well, thank and, you. Appreciate that. 
It's always remember skip happens. That's the name of my podcast. <laughs> That's what we use. Skip happens. So that's right. But it's well, a good thank way. you guys for um for pl playing it, agreeing to play it, and for um playing it for all my fans up there. And I can't mm -hmm. wait to come back and sing it live. So. No, we can't um, wait to have well, we you. can't wait to have you. I know I've seen many of your shows as well as in Nashville, as well as here. So God bless you and uh, stay safe and uh, stay healthy and just take care of yourself. Tell John we give him our best. And, uh, you know, it's so cool because when I see you, I think of John because I'm an audio nut. And, uh, you know, we, I've got my own in-home studio and I've got all the toys and, you know, I've invested a lot into it. And I just I think about like if I go to a Martina McBride show, the first place I look is the, the soundboard and go, yep, there's John. Yeah. <laughs> Because I remember meeting him at the house. So that was a silver. I come cool. over and break everything. Yeah, she just breaks everything <laughs> in my house. But anyways, Martina, you're the best. God bless you. And uh, just be good. And thank you again for taking the time to join us here tonight and tell us about, you know, where you are in your career and everything about you. So well, thank you for having me. Awesome. Take care. We will. You too. Thank bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.